Today's guest, Paul Carpenter, talks a lot about leadership. And all of us lead up, lead across, and lead down. If you're a parent, you lead across to your spouse. Uh, you lead down to your kids or you lead up to your elderly parents. In the workplace, you do the same. So listen in now and catch some practical advice about how you and I can lead up, lead across, and lead down better. Paul, thank you so much for being on the No Gray Areas podcast. Uh, we were just talking before we turned on the mics here. We go back uh, uh, over a decade, right? At and, least. Yeah, yeah. At least. And we we connected because someone I was working with said, you've got to meet this guy. You'll get along really well. And we were just laughing about it because we get together like every three or four years. Although I got together with you a lot after um, I went through a pretty tough work experience. We did have a good season where we were meeting Almost weekly. Almost weekly. I you think. were a huge help to me. So big thanks to you on that. That was a tough season for me, and you helped me walk through that. So appreciate that a lot. But we're going to um, – th this podcast is really built around the, the, the power of choice and the complexity of human choice. And uh, you're going to unpack. We're going to get to that in a moment. I'm going to back up and talk about something else. But you talk a lot about the – the difference between confronters and encouragers. Did I use that right? Is that the terminology yes. used? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this is why it's well worth everybody staying on and listen because everybody's listening. They're one of those, right? Naturally. Yeah. You you naturally go one way or yeah. the other. And we probably don't really like the other one very much. There's no probably to it. Yeah. Okay. We definitely, you definitely don't. don't. So teaser, hang on. We're going to get to that. Yep. But one of the things that you and I talk a number of times about is um, leading from the second chair which you, you're an executive pastor. Mm -hmm. You've been an executive pastor for a long time, great leader. Um, for people that don't know the church world very well or big church world, an executive pastor, I'm going to say this. This isn't you saying, okay. so you're not going to get right. in trouble. Okay, I'm saying this. An executive pastor carries a mass of a high percentage of the leadership role. Usually the lead pastor is doing a lot of the visionary stuff and they're leading kind of a, an executive team or something, but the executive pastor is doing 70, 80% of the leadership at a church. I said that, you didn't. I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. Yeah. You carry okay. a fair share of yeah. the weight yeah. of leading a church, yep. for sure. The execution, making it happen, like there may be some great plans and we're going to go in this direction, but you're the one that's responsible for making that all happen. So you're dealing with personalities a lot. You're, you're leading up, you're leading across, you're leading down, which is where you and I have talked about this before. So I want to yeah. unpack this a little bit. Sure. I'm going to ask you in a moment to answer this question. So we all lead up, lead across, and lead down. What's the most difficult for you and what's the, most e the, the, the one that you're most natural at? Now, let me connect with the audience. Some of them may be going, well, I'm not in a leadership position. If you're a child, you lead up and lead across and lead down it sometimes. If you're on a sports team, you lead up, you lead across, you lead down sometimes. So all of us at some points, we're doing that. You're having to lead up, lead across, and lead down. So what would mm. you say? I'm going to cop out a little bit. I'm going to say it depends. Okay. And I have to, I'll try to unpack it. But yeah, like, yeah. Uh, there's times when I think it's natural and easy to lead up. And there's times when it's a real challenge to lead up. Uh, there's there's times that it just makes sense peer to peer and yeah. it's just yeah i'm going to go do this and there's yeah. there's no you know psyching yourself up writing down your notes for the conversation you just go do it uh and there's times that it's like oh gosh and I, I think when i think about the common denominator is uh uh you know when you're leading something that 
you know for sure is going to have opposition or um, it's something they don't want to hear or those kind of leadership conversations, it doesn't matter what direction you go. That's that's Boy, the, that's that's the most so that's when the most difficult. When there's something heavy, when there's a lot of conflict, it really doesn't matter if you're going up, across, or down. It's going to be difficult. That's good. That's a good point. So I think I think each each element has its its own difficulties, and then each element has its own. This is this is this is gives me energy instead of I got to go do this. So let me because you answered that well. Let me answer, ask it in maybe a different way. Which one was more natural for you when you began? Because what's interesting for you is you and Cal, who you have to lead up to, you've been working together for a long time now. 28 years. 28 years. So mm -hmm. it, in some ways, that probably makes it a lot easier and maybe some ways more difficult. But you you guys know each other really well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of trust. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I know his heart. Um, yep. I tend to know the way he would think about something, you know, leading someone who you've been in a game with for a long time, like leading up uh, with that is, is, is really easy where I'm guessing like uh, if you were the first year in a job and you had to lead up to your boss, you didn't know very well, you yeah. know, you don't know, uh, are they going to be open to this? Are they not going to be open? You know, yeah. do I come with 25 bullet points that, that lay this out? Or is it just a conversation mm -hmm. that, that we mm -hmm. have, uh, so yeah, so I really, uh, very blessed to have been at central for 28 years and, yeah. um, uh, you know, just very thankful, uh, to, to spend my career at such a healthy place. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, I think a majority of that for sure, a majority, I can't remember how many years it wasn't true, but Cal's been my direct report. So, uh, like I report directly to him for a lot, like I started as a youth intern and he was the youth pastor. And so, like, kind of every step you kind of my of journey, moved up with him. And yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've worked with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely conversations I don't want to have. Yeah, you know, but they have to be had, which is part of leadership. The the tough part of leadership. Yeah, that's interesting because I've asked that question of a lot of people, and uh, you answered a little differently than than most. Most will immediately go like, "Oh, this one's hard, and this one's easy for me," or "This one comes natural." That's because they're I, better leaders than I am. No, Pat. I think I, I, I have hard <laughs> things up across <laughs> and down. You know, the good leaders. No, I think know, I think you so. make a good point that if it's a really difficult conversation, it doesn't matter what direction. That's going to be difficult, and that's I hadn't thought about it like that. When people ask me, I would always say like, "It's always come really natural for me to lead across or lead down. Leading up is the one that's mm. that's that's difficult." Like what you said makes sense now that I think about it. Really. If I'm going to have to have a really hard conversation, I don't care what direction. That's not easy. That's not fun. Yeah, but I would uh, I would lean into what you're saying as far as like there is a certain amount of ease that comes when positionally you're above somebody, I think, yeah. and you have to have the hard conversation. Like that's probably just from a positional yeah. standpoint. It's not fun, yeah. you know, yeah. but it is a little bit easier because – if we were to pull out an org chart, which by the way, a good leader would never do that with somebody. Yes, hey, look yeah, at this yeah, yeah. before let, let me, let, yeah. before we have this conversation. Let me let me, point let me remind you, at, you know, yes. where this is yeah. at. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, I would lean into what you're saying. I would. I, I do think there are sometimes positionally it makes it harder or makes it easier. So what have you learned about having hard conversations? You so you bring up a good point. If it's a hard conversation, it doesn't matter leading up, leading cross, leading down. And again, this goes for our listeners. If you're a parent, you have to have a hard conversation sometimes with the kid. If you're a uh, if if you're a, a child, especially an adult child, you may have to have a tough conversation with mom and dad, especially as they start getting older. Um, I'm like we were just laughing with our kids the other day. It's like 
you guys someday are going to have to be the ones that tell us like you shouldn't be driving anymore, dad. But I told him you better not tell me that too early. <laughs> and so let's let's jump into the and this is we've talked about this several times and I was really excited. You actually wrote a you just got done doing your thesis or you're in the process? <sighs> Come on, Pat. I, I wish I was done. <laughs> you're in the process. I'm not. Okay. I'm, I've got all my coursework done. I have to write my dissertation. Yeah. Uh, working on my doctorate in organizational leadership. Yeah. So, and, and we by the way, to be at that point is like saying you're going to run a marathon and you only have 10 miles left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not like I'm getting ready to trip you across can see the, the finish, finish line. line. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, I guess I have a lot of hard work to, to Well, go. when we met for lunch, I was like, what are you writing your thesis on? Let's, let's talk about that. And we some for some reason almost every time so you what and I, I told meet, you we was, circle back to this one. Yeah, what I told you was I want to do my thesis on psychological safety. Yeah, and then I was going to do something on this topic, yeah. and then that's when you start asking me a bunch of questions about this yeah. one, and you said I'd I'd love to talk more about yeah. it. So explain what that is a little bit. So everybody, listeners, me included, we naturally are either a confronter and encourager. So tell us what that looks like and help us understand which one we would be. Okay, so. Um, the way that I stumbled on this was uh, just kind of observing leadership and uh, looking at some things that I struggled with and some things I didn't struggle with and comparing that to others and uh, just trying to be a learner about leadership. And, uh, and so I've heard leadership parsed a million different ways on different types of leaders. Mm -hmm. And I'd never heard it parsed this way, but it, it made sense to me in my experience um, and I think it resonated with you when I started to unpack sure. this with you. For sure. So I think uh, leaders fall in one of two camps. Uh, you're either an encouraging leader or you're a confrontational leader. The thing I hate about the terms, which I would have figured out different terms if this was my yeah, actual because one sounds good and one sounds The encouragers sound yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. the great yeah. leader and the yeah. confrontational. That's not, you yeah. know, I don't mean the terms to, to be in a pejorative either way or yeah. in the positive either way. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the easy way to explain it is uh, I think some leaders very uh, naturally encourage. Yep. And I think some leaders very naturally confront. Yep. And, um, and then the flip side of it would be the leaders who naturally encourage have a harder time confronting, mm -hmm. and the leaders who naturally confront have a harder time with encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so you have these two almost polar opposite leaders. And so the thing that I would, that when I'm ever, I'm talking to someone about this, that I challenge him is I say, okay, can you think in your life of a leader that's a natural confronter? And everyone's like, yes. Mm -hmm. And then I say, can you think in your life of someone who's a natural encourager? And they're always like, yes. And so people like, I think the, the concept Absolutely. makes sense when you, you think about leaders you've had in your life. And then maybe when you think about yourself, I think most people right away know which one they are. I think. I would so, think so. I would think so. If you've lived very much life, for sure. I could go back when you when we talked about this at lunch that time, I could go back to every leader that I've ever worked for and I could go confronter, encourager, encourager, confronter, confronter, encourager. I could just go down the list and just boom, boom, boom. Now, there were some of them where I'd go like, okay, they were really gifted at doing both, but they were, but I could still go, they were naturally inclined to be an encourager, but they learned the skill of confronting. But I could, sure. I could go through every one of them and immediately tell you. And I bet most people can. Is that yeah. what you found? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you, I think you can. The point is not to say, Hey, uh, these are the best or these are the best. Yep. Okay. That's not the point. Yep. 
the point is to uh, oh, first off, I think if you if you recognize what you are, like you have to have an understanding of that, and um, and then you have to uh, appreciate what the strengths and weaknesses are of what the type of leader you are, and make sure that you bring in you know maximize your strengths, yep. you know yep. make your weaknesses so they don't hurt you. Yep. Yep. So is there a way that someone can figure out whether they're an encourager or confronter or have you found most people don't like you just know? Well, I think that would have been, um, you know, when I was playing around with this as my topic for my dissertation, I, I would have had a, a yeah. way to, uh, put that on a scale yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. But I think most of the time it's just intuitive. Yeah. People just, they just, they, they so. understand like encouragement is a basic enough concept. They understand, does that come easy to me or yeah. is that something I have to really focus on? And, you know, is having a hard conversation, something just naturally happens or is that something I yeah. got to really yeah. get myself excited for? So what are some of the strengths and weaknesses of both? Let me parse it this way first. Let's compare and contrast the two. Okay. That's kind of, um, I think helpful for me. So the first thing would be if you were thinking about trust versus mistrust. Okay, so you come to a fork in the road and you could either say, oh, you know what? I think they were going to do this or I could think there was no plan at all to do that. Okay, and I, that happens how many times in a week for a leader? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. When you see yeah. one data point, and yeah. you got to make an initial judgment. Yeah. Okay. Do uh, you, so you're saying, would you, would you err on the side of I'm going to trust? So if you're an encourager, you more easily trust. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, you more easily think, you know, I'm going to choose to believe the best yeah. in this situation. Okay. Yeah. If you're a confronter, you're more likely to think, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think, and it's not like mistrusting, but it's yeah. just, you're not given the benefit. These of would doubt. be the two people that one would say like, I'm a glass half full. And the other one would say, I'm not a, I'm not the pessimist. I'm the realist. Exactly. That's what the confronter would say. Exactly. Is, I've seen this scenario enough times. I know how it's probably playing out. Totally. Yeah. So it's not a matter of, you know, a confronter is a despicable person that yeah. doesn't trust yeah. anybody. That's, that's not yeah. the thing. They just look at it and they think, you know what, this yeah. experience would tell me yeah. maybe this and, uh, and maybe that. So, uh, so what, what happens with this for an encourager is the strength. If an encourager is leading you and whenever they come to a fork on the road, they choose to trust. Yeah. Okay. Then you feel like you get the benefit of the doubt yeah. and you're trusted. Yeah. Okay. Now, what's the weakness of this for an encourager? Probably trusting too much. Like, exactly. Not, so, not recognizing like they, they really dropped the ball you, or you, they lied to me or they, yeah. you're, you're, you're on to it. So if, if you always hit, hit that and you always trust, now that's the, the, uh, the strength of that is the per, your staff's going to feel like they're trusted. Yeah. Okay. The, the disadvantage to that is sometimes problems will go unchallenged in yeah. a timely manner. And you're probably going to get taken advantage of more often than the other one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So it's not all roses, yeah. you know, for yeah. the, for this, this thing. And, yeah. and that's, that's the negative. Of it. So if you think of a, of a confronter, problems never go unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, a little problem yeah. gets sniffed out right away yeah. and it doesn't get into a big problem. Yeah. Okay. And that's a strength. Yeah. You know, that's a strength that that happens. Yeah. And then the, uh, the weakness for that is simply, gosh, every time there's something, it's a, it's thought. They're always on my case. Yeah. It's like everything. I, yeah. So the idea would be a confronter needs to trust more. An encourager needs to inspect more. So it, it, let's say you're parenting and you're naturally an encourager. 
it means you probably want to inspect and dig into your kid's story a little bit more because you're going to naturally oh. just trust and believe or the other one. This is what, uh, when I thought about this, that is, is so golden of, of when you, you wrestle with this concept. Okay. What kind of parent do you need to be? You need to be a parent that encourages and you need to be a parent that confronts. Yep. If you're a parent who only encourages, yep. you're probably going to have an entitled kid who has all kinds of things go unchecked. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're a parent that all you ever do is confront, yeah. you know, you're going to have a kid who doesn't feel trusted and yeah. just feels beat down and yes. discouraged. Yeah. Yep. So you yep. got to do both. Yep. There's problems if, if you just, you just Such don't go Think yeah. about if you're a spouse. Yeah. If all you would ever do is encourage your spouse, you know, there's things that need to be confronted that would go. Yeah. Yeah. Without being confronted. It's the same way if you were a spouse that only confronted, you know, the other spouse would feel like, golly, yeah. why did we get married? Yeah. Great example because you're, you're totally right. Like, Friend too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course we want friends who are going to encourage us. Yeah. But man, I really value my friends who say, Hey, yeah, I saw this or I heard this and yeah, what are you doing? So I, I think it's, it's not just for leadership. I think this concept, um, absolutely. it's a, it's a healthy truth to think about, I think in every area. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you gave us then what, what how did you phrase that again? So, okay, if so you're the a confronter, you should yeah, trust confronter more. Confronter needs to trust more. Okay. Encourage or inspect. Needs to inspect. Okay. Okay. So that's, a, that's the first we think strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Okay. The next one is, uh, uh, this is so funny. Uh, I feel so bad. I can't remember his name, but I just need to tell you this so I don't get credit for it. You know, it's not me. Um, we had a guy come speak to our staff. Um, yeah, his name's Ed French. I remember okay. now. So he's a, he, uh, he comes, came and spoke to our staff. He's a member of our church, but he oversaw like a network of like 80 hospitals. Wow. So big dog leader. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Huge. And he said, uh, leaders need to give ulcers. <laughs> okay. And I heard that. And that being, doesn't sound like a, that's not a typical leadership mantra. You No. Have. have you ever heard that before? No, me neither. No. So I'm sitting there and I hear that leaders need to give ulcers. What the heck? So I listened to him talk and he explained it and it actually like, you know, go figure a guy that leads a network of 80 yeah. hospitals yeah. knows what he's talking about. Um, and so the idea was, um, there's things going on in your organization as a leader that you're worried about and hypothetically are giving you ulcers. And if you're the only one who has the ulcer, you're not leading well. Mm. So like you have to make sure there's a shared ownership, weight, responsibility with issues. Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. It does. It didn't at first, like when you first hear it. I, now, hate, confronter, I, hate, I hate this. Actually, I hate the, the statement, don't you? Leaders need to give ulcers. But a confronter probably would love that right away, right? We're both encouragers naturally, so we're both like, what? Yeah. So, that makes so sense, here's, here's the strength and weaknesses when you think about that, giving ulcers. Okay. And again, I think it's obvious we're not talking about physically giving yeah, your people yeah. ulcers. You know, it's yeah. hypothetical. Um, so... An encourager, because they may not lean into confrontation, they may get the ulcer, mm -hmm. never give the ulcer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's a weakness of being an encourager yep. there. A strength of being a confronter is you, you're going to, it's no problem for you to pass it down yep. to, to make it happen. So, yep. uh, yeah, thinking about that, uh, about that one. Um, and so I would say the best leaders make sure their people are faithfully handling their responsibilities. Faithfully I don't like, I don't want to say the best leaders give their people ulcers. Yeah. The best leaders yeah. make sure their people are faithfully handling their responsibilities, yeah. which means you can't be the only one who's worried about stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. You got to pass that down. Yeah. Do you resonate at all with that personally with thinking about times oh. being an encourager that you kept yeah. all of the yeah. weight for that and you yep. didn't let other people carry it? I think the lie that you can tell yourself is an, if you're naturally bent toward encouragement is that you're being a good servant leader by carrying that. Like I'm going to carry this load for my team. When the reality is, is like, no, your team should be part of carrying that load. That's why you're called a team. Um, totally. So, no, totally. I absolutely resonate with that for sure. To don't, don't just keep the ulcer to yourself. Yep. Share yep. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's a horrible sounding leadership axiom. It is, but you, you, I liked how you changed it though. Mm-hmm. That they're faithfully handling their handling responsibilities. Their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another, uh, when you think about strengths and weaknesses, uh, is the inspire versus threaten. And I think encouragers more naturally inspire, mm-hmm. confronters more naturally threaten. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're smiling as I well, say it's because that, so again, I, I'm smiling because I can just tell which one I'm naturally at. Because every word that's used for the confronter, I'm like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I've had I've had coaches like that, or or and I just don't like working for ones like that. But this is why this resonated with me, because if you're an encourager, you're probably too far this way, and you have to come over that way. And if you're a confronter, you're probably too far. But I know I'm an encourager because these words that you're using, I'm like, I don't want to be that other one. But Which we'll talk about that in a second because yes. there's an interesting yep. truth to when you look at the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about, like, I feel like you should live uh, the majority of your time as a leader with inspiring your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think... Uh, it's healthy to only always inspire and there's never a threat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like sometimes someone really needs to hear, Hey, if, if we don't get more revenue, we're going to have to, yeah. you know, do a staff reduction. Yep. You know, if we Your don't, department's not going to stick around. We have to cut budgets you yep. 15%, you yep. know, and, and again, it's not a threaten for threaten's sake. It's yeah. just a, you're sharing the ulcer. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Here it is, you know. So definitely, I believe you should live, like the majority of your leadership should be inspiring your people. Mm-hmm. It should. Mm-hmm. But there's a time that it's important to, to bring the other side of it. And if 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 all you would ever be in, and uh, I've had a friend or two who's, who's been in this situation, thankfully I never have, but if, if your leader lives in the threaten only, oh my gosh. Yeah. You ever been in that situation? Yeah, yeah it's really discouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, worse than discouraging. Yeah, yeah. It's life stealing. Yeah, it sucks life out of you. You're yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, does. it does. But I like how you put that. So we probably the healthiest way to lead or parent or is is you're going to s- spend most of your time in inspiring. But if that's where you st- spend all your time, then then you're missing. You're not balanced because there's got to be some some threats. There's got to be some staring ulcers. Good. Okay. Yeah. So when I think about like cultural impact, okay, so when you think about an encouraging leader, the, the cultural impact of that... Strengths would be uh, trust, employee, morale, inspiration, celebration, fun. Okay, that's strengths. Weaknesses are accountability can be low. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you don't ever have the hard conversation, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's zero accountability, which uh, that impacts achievement and excellence. Mm-hmm. You have to have accountability to get things done. Mm-hmm. It, it has to happen. And and the weakness of an encourager could be an absence of accountability if you don't have the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, another weakness would be, um, unresolved issues can grow. Okay. So like we talked about the confronter, there's never a chance they're for a problem to get big. They're get them here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause they're going to, they're going to yeah. get it. You know, a, an encourager, if 
they don't get it here, yeah. then it becomes this. Yeah. And if you don't get it there, yeah, you're dealing you know, with the problem that's this big, but it's because you didn't take care of it back here. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I do think, um, you know, complacency could exist, mm-hmm. you know, for that. So, so that's the encouraging culture, the confrontational culture, the strengths are accountability. I mean, <laughs> the confrontation, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's not going to go anything unchecked. You know, it's, it's yeah. going to be confronted. Uh, issues are dealt with quickly. Uh, people always know where they stand. Like that's a real strength with the yeah, confrontation leader. It's like you have to wonder what they think. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. You they, know. They so that told you that. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a blessing, um, and and it often does produce excellence. Now the the weaknesses of a culture with the confrontational culture would be a lack of celebration. Like you could spend time focusing on the one percent that didn't go well, so the ninety nine percent that did. Uh, fear could be a part of that culture. Mm-hmm. Because of the mistrust and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know confronting things uh, you know that are small uh, in a strong way, you avoid walking down that hallway. There you go. Because you're like, I might run into him or her. Yeah, and I know the conversation is not going to go well because it never does. That's yeah. that's where it could go. Totally. If, if it's not an, if it's not healthy. Yeah. Totally. So, so yeah. So when I think strengths and weaknesses, I know that was probably more than you wanted, but like no, that's kind perfect. of how yeah. the different areas yeah. that. You know, it it seems like one of the things that can help with either one of these, as you were describing that, and I look back on my life, like systems, you get a good system in place and it can help. So like if an, if you're an encourager and accountability is something that doesn't come natural for you, but you have a system in place that's forcing everybody accountable, that can really help. Probably could do the same. I don't know how a confronter would do that, but there's probably a system that they could put in place that's going to help. Yeah. Um, celebrate or do the things that they're not actually natu- naturally going to do. Would you, would you agree with that? That systems can oh, help with this? You have to have to be intentional. Yeah. The point I would make is, uh, you know, you're shortchanging your leadership if you don't bring some of the strengths from the opposite style yep. in. Yep. So there's things encouragers need to do that come from the confronter yep. to make their leadership all it could be. And there's things the confronter needs to do that the encourager naturally does to make there. So you, you have to be intentional. And the thing is, if you're a confronter, you don't have to put on your checklist, make sure I confront what needs to be confronted today. That's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you're an encourager, you don't have to say, gosh, I need to make sure you I encourage. make sure encouraged today. Yeah. So you have to be intentional with, yeah. with what's the opposite. That's a great point. Of your, I like what you're saying that if whatever you have in your to-do list, if you're an encourager, you probably need to be writing down every once in a while, like something about accountability or um, dealing with an issue. If you're the other one, you probably need to like literally write down, I need to go encourage, or I need to send a note, or I need to send a, a quick text thanking them. Totally. Okay. Totally. Um, blind spots. Okay. So, so, so blind pot spots of an encourager and a confronter. Yep. This, these are the things that, that I, that I think, uh, for an encourager, you, sometimes you don't see or realize the depth of a problem hmm. that could be a blind spot. Yep. Like, because you want to believe the best, because yeah. maybe you didn't inspect what you should have, you're not going to realize how serious uh, something is. Um, you know, sometimes an encourager uh, won't engage with the proper urgency or strength that they need to uh, with with a problem issue. I, I laugh about this because sometimes an encourager can have a meeting with somebody where they're supposed to, like, have a hard conversation. Drop the hammer. And the person leaves yeah. going, oh, yeah. you know what? I, yeah. Things are going okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were supposed to drop the hammer and they threw a tissue. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And then in the confronter, I think um, they don't realize the volume of their voice. So 
like the way I'll say that is, um, so if you're in ministry and and you would work for a confronter, sometimes after a confrontation, you'd have to leave that and go, okay, am I single-handedly responsible for the fall of Christianity in North America? <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, did we not stand top of our deadlines like we should have? Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to... You got to weigh it. We ran out of graham crackers in the children's <laughs> ministry. Right. I didn't right. just dissolve Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. And because a confronter just feels natural, you know, they don't know how loud the confrontation comes across mm -hmm. or the, you know, how it's heard. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a blind spot. Another one can be, you know, oftentimes if, if and again, I'm talking extremes here. Yeah. It's not yeah. every, because uh, that's the other part I thought about it is there's for sure weights to this. Yeah. You know, so on a scale of a natural encouraging leader, there's incur there's leaders who are way over here, yeah. and there's some that are just barely. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with confronters. Um, and then, and that's what you're. I think that's why this is such a good thing to to capture because, again, whether you're parenting, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in a leadership situation or at work, you you may be over here, but what you need to learn is to figure out how to come over here. You're going to be a better leader. You're going to be a better parent if you do that, or if you're over here you're going to to figure out how to come over here a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Which that was the part when we met. That was the part that you're not there yet, but that's the part that stuck out to me the most when you're talking about moving to the... Okay, yeah, you're talking about um, you as have an that, encourager, right? how you have to... Yeah, yeah. So for me, what I have to do for confrontation is... So this is this is just a specific on you got to build systems for whichever one you are. Uh, so if I come to something and I go that is a major issue. Okay. So like if I'm looking at that and right away, I'm like, that's a major issue. I got to have a conversation in the next five minutes with the person. Okay. If I look at something and I say, ah, that's, a, that's a, that's a decent issue, you know, that I need to have that conversation in the next 24 hours. So like I need to go move up the urgency for what my natural read of an issue is. Mm -hmm. I have to push it to the right. Yep. You know, and if something is like, I don't know if I should say something about that or not, I always say something about it. Yeah. It's like I gotta move, gotta move this way. Yeah. And if I look at something, I go, you know what, I think that's pretty good. I need to question, is it really good? Yeah. yeah. So if so if you put it so to move it a click to the right. Yeah, absolutely no issue to um, you know, I think it's good to minor issue, to major issue, I always, whatever my natural read on it is, I move it to the right and so try to have the conversation. it's almost like if they could picture, um, there's like, uh, there's, you know, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. If you fall in number three and you're an encourager, move it to a four, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the confronter, it's going the other way. It is. The only the only problem with going the other way is uh, there really could be times a confronter sees a number five. Okay. That it shouldn't be moved to a four. It is a five. But um, I think you're not. But at least to be aware, to go, yes. I might want to be aware because I might need to confront this, but but I might want to Instead of going into it with this is a problem, yeah. ask a couple of questions to find out if it is. Yeah. yeah. That, that adjustment. Yeah. So. Wow. So a team really needs both of these, right? Like sure. you're not a hell if you if you sit around a table and there's uh, four or five six seven of you sitting at a table on a team, and you're all encouragers, you're gonna have some issues. Or if you're yeah. all confronters, you're gonna have some issues. Which For goes sure. back to again the dynamics of a team or dynamics of a family or dynamics of a marriage, uh, all of our interpersonal things that we deal with. That's where the conflict comes up, right? Yeah, uh, I would never say the best teams are made up of all encouragers or the best teams are made up of all confronters. I think you need both dynamics. Mm -hmm. And you need to be open to one another, which is and both uh, and all those dynamics have to be learning how to get a little better at because where you have a really healthy team and a healthy culture, 
is when those confronters, those encouragers are figuring out how to go to the click to a click to the right or a click to the left, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because here's the thing, and we had we had fun with this at lunch. Um, there's really there's not a natural respect towards each other. <laughs> so when a confronter, a natural confronter, yeah. thinks of a natural encourager, yeah. Okay, it's it's not yeah. oh, aren't they a great leader? Yeah. It's it can be, you know, they're I think they're, they're weak. kinda weak. They're weak. You yeah. know? Yep. And then when you take an encourager, an encourager looks at a confronter, it's not, oh man, that's a I need to be more like yeah. they're like, Yeah. That person's kind of a jerk. Yeah. I was going to use a different word. See? Yeah. So that again shows I'm an encourager. I had weak for encourager <laughs> and then a, a, a different word that we won't use for the, the confronter. But no, again, it just shows that though, right? So you have a problem. What Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you have a problem with you're going to, whatever camp you land in, you have a natural disdain for the way the other camp does things. So you're hesitant to like utilize any of the tools yeah. out of yeah. their toolbox. Give any ground to them or yeah. Right, right. And so here's- And then you're it, missing out. Totally. And then here's the thing, okay? This is what stinks, encourager. I'm going to tell you yeah. what stinks about yeah. being an encourager. You know what people do okay, after Mr. years- Okay, Mr. Encourager, tell me what stinks <laughs> about being an encourager. <laughs> I'm just talking to you. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, okay. stink for me. It just okay. stinks for you. It stinks no, for both of us. This is a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So if you're an encourager, you naturally encourage- Guess what weight your encouragement holds over time with those you lead? Mm. It gets turned down. Less and less, because they hear it all the time. Right. So when I tell somebody, hey, you did a really good job with that, you know, the first year they worked for me, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. But but when you hear, like, I pretty regularly notice when you do something right and try to affirm you on it, after a while, it it doesn't carry the same. They've been working for four years and you send the text and they're like, oh, it's Paul. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it gets the volume turned down, right? If you're a confronter, if you're naturally a confronter, okay, what happens year one, you know, you you lead the way you lead versus year five with somebody, they they turn oh, it down. I right? saw it. I, I, there was a coach. There was a coach one time. <laughs> See how careful I am with that? That what, every time he walked into the locker room, he'd yell. And, you know, at first it was like he'd get, you know, he's got everybody's attention, but it, then it was like every halftime, and pretty soon it's just noise. It's just noise. So the volume gets turned down. The okay. first time that coach ever yelled at somebody, yeah, it's it shook them yeah. right and gave yeah. gave them adrenaline in their veins. Yeah, the hundredth time. Yeah, and again, con- confronter doesn't mean you're a yeller. You yeah, know, that's just a just you're you're saying the same thing. So your strength actually over time becomes not that great of a strength. Mm. Um, I still think it's a strength, yeah. but it's it's not like it was at, at first. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay, so get I this. I know where you're going with this. I love it. When a confronter encourages. Those words mean a lot. Oh, yeah. You frame them and put them on the wall. It's huge. You save the email. Yeah. You put the note away yeah. on the desk. Yeah. I mean, it carries, Yeah. you know, a, one word of encouragement from a confronter is like a hundred words of encouragement yep. from a natural encourager. Yeah. And then what happens when a natural encourager confronts somebody? Yeah. It holds a lot of weight. Yeah. And so that's, what's crazy. It's like, there's a disrespect or a, what's the word? Yeah. Yeah. I would say disrespect. There, there can be. There's a lack of appreciation. Yeah, lack of. App- it's stronger than that though. Yeah. It's stronger. Yeah. Cause you look at it and you're like, yeah, no, I think it's disrespect. 
okay, there's a disrespect, but there's really powerful stuff yeah. over there. Well, and here's why it's disrespect. Because again, we, when we were at lunch, you had me fill in the blanks. Like you, if you're a confronter, you think an encourager is, and I use the word, mm-hmm. we won't use it now. If you're an encourager, you think that's disrespect. You think a, a confronter is a, and I used a different word. They both think that that's disrespect. Mm-hmm. But you miss what, and that's your point is you're missing out that there's a, there's a strength to that other side that you may be missing out on. 100%. And to think, uh, to think that your style is the best style really is prideful, you know, um, a little arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the, I think the best leaders know who they are and make sure that they don't miss out on the other side. Well, it goes back to like the, the strength finder. I love that one so much. And their mm-hmm. little mantras, excel at your strengths and manage your weaknesses. So totally. with this one, if you're naturally an encourager, then encourage really well and excel at that, but manage your weaknesses. And that's what you're giving us is some practical tools to manage that. If you're a confronter, uh, excel at that. Do You're going to make sure that problems, little problems don't go into big problems. Totally. You're going to totally. make sure that things get done. So excel at that, but then manage your weakness. And you gave us some practical tools on moving that over here a little bit and make sure you drop some encouraging words now and then because they're going to hold a ton of weight. Totally, totally. And the, the thing I think is the worst mistake you can make as a leader is to try to be somebody else that you're not. Like all too often, you know, if you're a mm-hmm. uh, apprentice under somebody or, or mm-hmm. something else and you think I have to be like them, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. not who you are now takes, takes some of the an things. encourager trying to be in confronter, like a, someone who's a really <laughs> extreme encourager and they're just coming in like totally dropping the hammer every day. Totally. I think everybody laugh at them. Yeah. That's, oh. And that's your point is you're just not going to work. No, no. Yeah. You have to, you have to be who you are, but try to bring in the other side, you know, or mitigate what could be the weaknesses for who you are. Yeah. And, and don't, don't look past the other things. And the, and the thing that I would say is I also think, um, if you're aware of this, uh, you can make ground in it. It's not like this is a, um, you know, impossible thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I do think I've gotten better at confrontation because I've, I've been intentional with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still not easy. I'll tell you that. I mean, I've been, I've thought about this for 20 years maybe, and it's still not easy, but it's always, okay, I got to go have that conversation. Yep, yep. And I know One I of have things have you it. learn as an encourager, we, I think we all learn this. If you've been leading, you learn that, um, this is going to keep me up three nights or it oh. can just keep me up tonight. Totally. But if I don't deal with it, I'm not going to sleep for the next three nights. So just deal with it sooner than later. Totally. Because it's got, and you learn that over, you learn it the hard way in some ways. Totally. But, but that's your point is a confronter rarely has to deal with that, that thought because they're like, I don't lose sleep over this because I took care of it as soon as I heard it. You just, you're springing a, a leadership uh, axiom that someone shared with me a long time ago. Uh, half of any hard situation is showing up. Hmm. So if you have to have the conversation, setting the appointment on your calendar and getting yourself in that office or across from that coffee table or on the couch in the living room, just showing up is like, yeah, yeah. you're 51% done. Yeah. You know, if you just make yourself do it. Yeah. And I think that's where, and then, um, another, uh, thing I think about for, uh, you asked me this earlier and then I said, Hey, hold on. We're not there yep. yet. Yep. Uh, so for me, for the hard conversation, I make notes and then um, I read through the notes and make sure, is this hard enough? Like, am I giving them the full truth? And so I will have 
bullet points for like the really hard conversation I have to have because it, it forces me to say it the way that I thought and prayed through ahead of time. Oh, so you have those in front of you and you're reading because you know if you're going to err on any side, you're going to soften your words, but you'd already it gives thought me no out. that this is what needs to be said. It gives me no good outs. advice. Good and advice. so that's that's probably been the biggest help I've had, like personally, something that I put in place. The two things are I always move it to the right Yeah. when I am assessing yeah. a problem. Yeah. And then depending on the severity of it, like the really hard ones, I think through and write down how hard does this need to be said? And then I don't let myself off the hook. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's written there. This is exactly how I want to say it. And then I'll often when I start to mean, I'll go, I just want you to know I'm going to be looking at my notes because this means enough to me. I've thought through exactly how I want to tell this to you. Yeah. Because I know that can feel inauthentic in a hard meeting if somebody's well, like. Then you don't have to make eye contact either. You can read it like <laughs> No. No. Which, yeah. Yeah. I thought about that's, that. That's, that's very, very practical. That's great. That That is what I love about this so much. And we'll wrap it up. But this is what I loved about this so much, Paul, is. Very practical advice. The two big takeaways for me are what you just shared. And then the other takeaway is just move it a click to the right or to the left, depending on who you are. That that's probably you're probably erring too much on this side. So just move it over and you're probably gonna be a little closer to what actually needs to be done. Well, and I said. think lose um losing the disrespect for those different than you another huge you one. know, is is something I think probably everybody Yes wrestles with yep for sure well paul one of the fun things we do on these is uh, two truths and a lie it's ironic because we call it no gray areas and i'm gonna ask you to lie to me but see if you can uh stump the audience okay myself two truths and a lie okay i was a last second dive away from being hit by a golf cart driven by jack nicholas at the phoenix open oh okay that's number one number two is I ran track in high school. I know my current build doesn't lead you to believe that, but I actually ran the 800. I was okay. going to try to set you up and say distance or 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 uh, sprints. Because I know with, you look at me now and, and you're you thinking admit, shot put, right? Go ahead, Pat. Say, say. Know, But you set me up, too. I was going to say sprints or distance. You go right in the middle, the 800. <laughs> okay. So I ran track in high school, ran okay. 800. Okay. And I was hit by a javelin. While you were running? Mm-hmm. Okay. And... uh What's hilarious is I can't remember the third one. <laughs> hey, I got a 50-50 chance. Or are those two truths? You don't remember your lie, do you? You don't remember your lie. What do you think? Because let's make this interesting. Yes, yeah, so let's are, make this those interesting. Are truths. Hold so on, s- give me a second. <laughs> I already got can it. Can you edit this? Wait, can, can you edit this to you make it, it to make it smooth? Is you that try it? If I uh... she'll try. It. Otherwise, we're gonna leave this in because it's just funny. Because <laughs> you just told me your two truths. Hold on, hold on. And then I'm in sound. Oh, here you go. Okay, okay. I I remembered it. Okay. After looking at my notes. Um, Number three. Yeah. I led worship a cappella for a group of 20 Arizona Diamondbacks in the golf cart garage at the Raven Golf Course. (laughs) The running was true. The the javelin? Yeah, the javelin. Okay. Because we had talked before and you said you were a lightweight in high school. So I bet you ran the 800. You're tall tall thin guy would be an 800 runner the other one has to be true because you gave so many nicholas driving a golf cart sprinting out so those are true the last one's a lie okay i did lead worship acapella for a group of 20 arizona diamondbacks no listen to this man 
I am negatively gifted musically. No, we're I mean, going to sing t- right now. You and I are going to oh, sing right now. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we are. no. What do you want to sing? You didn't tell me that. Amazing Grace. Let's no, go. No, <laughs> I will listen to you and I will hum along off key. Okay. So no, like, listen, like whatever the normal person is musically, I'm so far this way. I mean, I can't like clap in rhythm. You know, I'm, I'm horrendous. Okay. So, uh, actually you may know him. Do you know Brian Hummel? No. Okay, so he's the chaplain for the D-backs. Okay. He and I were roommates. Did he set you up? So he asked me, hey, we had someone cancel. You want to come play golf with this group of Diamondbacks baseball players? And this was... That's an easy answer. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I was like, yeah, of course. And then the real small uh, print. And so we showed up, and it was a frost delay. Okay, so we had to wait. And uh, we're sitting down. He goes, well, let's let's do a quick devotion thing down in the... The garage. So we go down and we're sitting in a circle. Okay. And I tell you, my worst nightmare would be what you're trying to get me to do to sing in any way, especially if it's captured forever. We'll edit it out, Paul. I'm horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I know you well enough to know. So anyway, so we're sitting there and he goes, Hey, uh, before I um I, I take a look at this uh this psalm I want to. Hey Paul, would you lead us in a song? Okay, was he messing with you or did he like I'm like, I look at him and I go, ah, good good one, good one, you know, and um he goes, no, I'm serious. Lead us in a song. I'm like, Brian, I'm not, I'm not like a musical guy at all. And he's like, no, no, seriously. Do you okay. remember what song? Yes, I do. Yeah. What song? I can't believe you're asking me why this is a point of trauma. And you want yeah, me to think I do. Through? I want I'm gonna dig this up. So uh I did create me a clean heart. Okay. In front of 20 diamondback players with no one else joining me. It was a solo, and do you can you imagine the acoustics of an underground golf cart? Oh yeah, cart? yeah, yeah. It, it was catching it was, every cracked voice and oh, it yeah. was literally like yeah. I mean, I'm starting to shake. Yeah, like just thinking of it. Okay, so that's a true story. The lie, uh, the Nicholas thing, totally true. I was coming up wow. a um, cart path at the Phoenix Open, and it was like lined with people, you know. But I was walking in a cart path. And and I he he was driving way too fast. I'm telling you right now, Jack Nicholas yeah. is, is a reckless crazy driver. driver. He came around the corner, and I was like, I saw it was Jack Nicholas, and then I was yeah. like, I'm about ready to get hit, and I dove and like barely missed me, barely missed me, and so I was like, I sh- I think I would be a rich person if I would let him hit me. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not wow. the sharpest tool in the shed. Wow. So the lie is, I did run track in high school. You did not get hit by a javelin. I got hit by a discus. Oh, yeah, nice. Really, though, that had to hurt. Dude, you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know, about? I know. They're, it's, a, yeah. it's a metal disc. Yeah, and they, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so javelin. You can, edit, you can edit this, right? You yeah, don't have to do yeah. the whole thing. Okay. Sure. So, uh, so what happened is, <laughs> you know how it's, it's a V, yeah. right? And you have your, your concrete thing you spin yeah. here, and then they have a backstop. Yep. Okay, so what we'd do is we'd all line up next to the backstop, like in order, when it was your turn to throw. So I was like right outside the edge of the fence in line, and I was holding the discus against my chest like yeah. this, waiting for my turn. And I was talking to a guy, and that's the last thing I remember. And what happened was the guy slipped on his third turn, and it came out of the back of his hand. It hit the disc that was against my chest, and I know that because I had an imprint of my disc. Oh, wow. And then it hit me up here. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And then I woke up like on the way to the hospital. Yeah. And like, uh, 
that's a story. Well, Paul, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, very practical advice for us. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Incredible interview with Paul Carpenter today. And the question we want to leave you with is, are you an encourager or are you a confronter? And how can you manage your weaknesses and excel at your strengths? So we'd love to hear from you. Comment below or you can email us at info at And remember, like, follow, subscribe, No Gray Areas. 